Casey Diaz thought he was going to be murdered in his prison cell. Usually hits are done in the morning during chow time. All the cell blocks open and it's the easiest time to, to do a hit. So that night, uh, you know, it was a long night. Casey was in prison for killing a rival gang member, and he was still a gang leader behind bars until the day he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Casey told the other gang leaders in the prison that he'd become a Christian and was done with gang life. They weren't happy. None of them said not a word to me. They just turned around and walked away. That move right there has a lot of meaning. That move right there meant a green light was placed on my life and a hit had to be done on my life. They had to take me out for uh, stepping down from from a high-ranking position like that. You're listening to the conclusion of a two-part GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. You're going to hear Casey talk about the incredible peace he experienced in prison after he surrendered his life to Jesus. And you're going to hear Billy Graham tell about two men in the Bible who also experienced an amazing peace in prison. Paul and Silas were put in prison for preaching and proclaiming the gospel. And on this particular night as they were in prison, they were singing praises unto God. The reason Paul and Silas could sing praises to God while they were in prison was because of the peace they had from being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can know that exact same peace, and we can tell you how at this website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. We're in the middle of a two-part story about Casey Diaz, a gang leader who went to prison for murder. If you missed the first episode, you can find it at BillyGrahamRadio.org or wherever you gather your podcasts. And if the story has had an impact on you, we'd love to know how. Uh, Send us an email at gps at BillyGraham.org. Once again, that is gps at BillyGraham.org. GPS. God. People. Stories. I remember just on my knees in there for I don't know how long, weeping and, and telling God for the very first time, being very honest with him and saying, you know, um, I'm sorry for stabbing this guy and I'm sorry for stabbing that guy. And, and it went on for hours, man. Just I'm sorry for tying these people up. I'm sorry for setting that house on fire. You know, I, I mean, it was just raw. And the peace that was in this cell, nothing will ever ever even come close to the experience of freedom that I felt that very moment on my knees in that cell. Casey Diaz had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ while serving time for second-degree murder at New Folsom State Prison in California. He was in solitary confinement when he became a believer, and he was told he would serve the rest of his sentence alone in his cell. But God had a different plan. Lo and behold, man. Here comes the warden and the gang coordinator. They tell me, we don't know why we're doing this, but we're going to put you into mainline, meaning in regular population. It's still a maximum security, but they're going to put me in. And they don't do that with high caliber gang leaders. 
like myself at that time, they don't put us in mainline. That's dangerous. You can imagine the emotions running through Casey when he found out. On the one hand, he hated solitary confinement. He had heard other inmates lose their minds in there. But on the other hand, going back into the general population was like a death sentence for a gang leader who had just become a Christian. As soon as he could, Casey called a meeting with the other gang leaders. I told them, I said, hey, uh, I just want to let you know from here on out, uh, I have nothing to do with this anymore uh, and that I'm a Christian. And they kind of looked at me. None of them said not a word to me. They just turned around and walked away. That move right there has a lot of meaning. That move right there meant a green light was placed on my life and a hit had to be done on my life. They had to take me out for uh, stepping down from, from a high-ranking position like that. What came next was a long, sleepless night. Usually hits are done in the morning during child time. All the cell blocks open and it's the easiest time to, to do a hit. So that night, uh, you know, it was a long night, prayed, um, read my Bible. I had made a promise to God in that cell that I would never put my hands on anybody ever again to shed blood, and I meant that. So it was a long night. And just as Casey expected, a gang member showed up at his cell in the morning. It was one of his own guys. He came up to my cell, and I'm inside the cell. He's outside the cell, and he says to me, he says, uh, hey, Casey, uh, they're asking me to throw out the trash. They're asking me to take you out. And I said, uh, I know, it's all good, man. Uh, I know what you got to do. And I said, um, go ahead and do that. Uh, he goes, no, man, you don't understand. Uh, you need to change your story and, you know, I'll roll with you. I'll, I'll see what, what, what can happen out of this. And I remember I told him, I said, listen, something happened to me in that cell back there that I can't deny anymore. So I understand what you got to do. And he was angry, man. I remember he was very angry. Casey told the man he already forgave him for what he had to do. That only seemed to make the gang member angrier. That gang member left, but Casey knew he'd be back. The next morning, my cell door opened. I remember I I was sitting down at the end of my bunk. I had my Bible on my left hand, clenching it. And he walked in, and I was surprised that they didn't send anybody else in there with him. And I remember he said, "Uh, you better be right because I can't do this. And uh, he became the first guy that I would bring to Christ. You heard that right. Instead of killing Casey, that gang member became a Christian. He was just the first of many. By the time uh, I would um, parole uh, over 200 inmates in New Folsom, would become Christians. God was working powerfully through Casey. But don't get the wrong idea. It was not easy at all. We're still talking about a maximum security prison, and plenty of the men there wanted to see Casey suffer for leaving the gang. We have this thing called hard candy. And hard candy is when uh, we order not a hit on somebody, but we want to uh, make sure that that person learns a lesson or gets jumped near death. And that's hard candy. And that was what was ordered for me. That was an anger towards me that, They'd rather see me um, getting jumped repeatedly. So for two years, I, I had to endure. And not just me, but the other guys as well. For years, Casey had committed acts of violence against other people. Now he was the target of violence. He and his fellow Christians were attacked repeatedly. It was a direct result of their faith in Christ and their refusal to continue to be part of a prison gang. It was during this time that God's word became very real to Casey. 
What he read about some of the first followers of Jesus gave him comfort as he endured one attack after another. I came across the scriptures of uh, how the disciples were getting beat and flogged in the Honan yards, and, and they would go away praising God. And when I came across that, that gave me such great hope that there were others that had to go through it as well. And um, it encouraged every single one of us, and we were okay with that. I mean, we would go to Bible studies right after being jumped with cracked heads and busted lips and eyes that were shut. We continued to, to go to Bible studies and to reach other inmates in there. After two years, the violence stopped. All of a sudden, it was actually because of a prison riot. God just took every person in there that was assigned to do the hard candy, and they were sent to other prisons. So the beating stopped, the evangelism began. Casey shared his faith with everyone he could, inmates, guards, whoever would listen. And this went on for years until he had an unexpected meeting with the parole board. In part one, Casey told the story of how he ended up in prison. A rival gang jumped him inside a fast food restaurant. One of the guys was about to hit him in the face with a crowbar when Casey shot him. And he shot him again. And again. The young man died. And Casey was convicted of second-degree murder. When he gave his life to Christ, Casey cried out to God on the floor of his prison cell. He was expressing remorse for what he had done. He truly felt the weight of his sin. And he shared that with a very surprised parole board. One of the questions that they asked me is, uh, why do you think we should let you out? And, and my response to them was, you shouldn't. You should not let me out. One of the, the ladies on the board, she said, uh, why would you say that? I said, well, I know the, the seriousness of my crime, and I think that the sentence was way too light for what I've done. I've done something that was evil, and I can't reverse it. And I don't ever deserve to be outside. The board disagreed. That day, they granted Casey parole. After serving almost 10 years of his 12-plus-year sentence, Casey was about to get out. At least, that's what he thought. But just as he was preparing to leave his cell for the last time, there was a setback. Two federal immigration agents came knocking, and they had brought a crate full of chains with Casey's name on them. You might remember that Casey was born in El Salvador. His parents had immigrated to the United States when he was about two years old. He was in the country legally, but the immigration agents didn't seem to know that. And I thought, oh, wow, they're going to send me to El Salvador. So they chain me up, they walk me to a van, and they take me to a federal detention center, and they place me in this big tank, this big giant cell. Before Casey was a Christian, this might have been a devastating setback, but because he had Christ, Casey stayed calm, ready to accept whatever plan God had for him. And he did have a plan. There were two other men in the cell with Casey. Both of them were from Mexico. I start talking to these Mexican guys, and one of them asked me, he says, uh, where are you from? I said, uh, I was born in El Salvador. He goes, oh, so they're sending you over there, huh? I said, I, I guess so. He goes, oh, we're from Mexico, and they tell me what cities they're going back to. He goes, you got any family over there? I said, no, I don't have any family over there. He goes, how are you going to do it, man? I mean, you don't know, you don't know nobody, nothing? I said, no, man, I don't know nobody. He goes, aren't you a little uh, <laughs> concerned about that? I said, uh, a little bit, but, you know, I said, that was my open door to start telling them about the gospel and what had happened to me inside. And so I start to witness to them. And the next thing I know, I'm leading them to Christ. 
Someone had given Casey two Spanish-language Bibles back when he accepted Christ. He actually didn't speak much Spanish, but he had kept them anyway. So he asked an agent outside the cell if he'd grab one of them from his box of belongings. Casey handed it to the guy who had just accepted Christ as his Savior and started telling him more about how to walk with God. Now, Casey had noticed the second man in the holding tank listening closely to all of this. So I turned my attention to that guy, and we start talking. And within, I don't know, 10 minutes into that conversation, we're all holding hands, and I led him to the Lord as well. That second Spanish Bible went to the other guy, and the three of them were talking together when one of the federal agents approached Casey. It was only about five minutes after the second man had accepted Christ. One of the agents that came and picked me up over there in state, he said, come uh, here with me. Um, we've made a mistake and brought you here. And the state of California will parole you. And the two guys looked at me and said, and one of them said, I thought you weren't born here. I said, I'm not. I told you I'm not. I said, I don't know what's happening, but this is what I'm trying to tell you guys. This is the Jesus that I serve. This is only him. After leading those two men to the Lord, Casey Diaz walked out of prison on July 3rd, 1995. The date July 3rd also holds special meaning to him for another reason. A few years later, he got married on that date. He and his wife, Sana, have been married for 20 years and have three children. Casey and Sana met at church and have been serving God together ever since. Today, Casey is a part-time pastor, and he also has his own sign-making business. In addition to that, he travels around the country sharing his amazing story. And he just released a book about it. It is called The Shot Caller. In the first part of this story, Casey shared about the violent abuse he witnessed growing up. We thought you would like to know that both of his parents eventually accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, his dad, who was an alcoholic and a drug dealer, accepted Christ just in time. My father passed away last year, and my mom uh, led him to the Lord a week before his death on his deathbed. As for Casey, he says he isn't angry about his childhood, which is awful by any standard. He's grateful Jesus rewrote his story in a prison cell three decades ago. God has wiped my slate, and I'm just grateful that I'm someone new and that God wants something to do with me. I mean, that has always blown my mind is that we look at people in our life, and if we have someone that has been so harmful in our lives, we tend to throw them away, or at the very least, we say, well, we just, I'm going to stay away from that person. And God's so different in the sense that he just relentlessly just pursues us. And so long as there's breath in our lungs, I mean, he keeps on bringing people and showing himself um, through people in hopes that we'll cry out and repent. So I don't have a complaint as to why I was brought up the way I was brought up. I'm just grateful. There's no space between you keep pursuing me with your love, with your love. Casey Diaz got a fresh start, even after going to prison for murder. He'll be the first to tell you that no one is too far gone. If you're looking for a fresh start with Jesus Christ, we can help you. Go to findpeacewithgod.net. And in just a minute, Casey's going to share one last story with us. It's about one of the federal agents he met when he got out of prison.
You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. In this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul and Silas, his friend, are in prison. Billy Graham. Paul and Silas were put in prison for preaching and proclaiming the gospel. And on this particular night as they were in prison, they were singing praises unto God. And an earthquake came. Their prison walls were shaken. And the jailer thought that all the prisoners were escaping. He was afraid. He knew that the Roman authorities would hold him responsible. So he pulled out his sword and he was going to commit suicide. And Paul said, wait a minute. We're still here. Nobody's escaped. And this man with terror and fear on his face fell down on his knees and looked up at Paul and Silas in that prison and said, what must I do to be saved? The apostle Paul simply said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I'm asking you tonight to receive Christ as your Lord and your master and your savior. Let him forgive the past, give you a new dimension of living. Write your name on the book of life. Make sure you're going to heaven. If you'd like to know more about the peace of God that transcends any type of prison, visit us at the website we've been telling you about. It's findpeacewithgod.net. Again, that's findpeacewithgod.net. Our guest on this two-part GPS has been Casey Diaz. He went from leading a prison gang to leading prisoners to Christ. He also made some special connections with several of the prison guards, even leading one of them to Jesus. As you can imagine, working in a prison isn't easy. Guards have a dangerous job, and it can get very discouraging. So it was a unique moment when Casey was able to share his story with one of the federal agents who drove him from that holding tank back to prison to be paroled. The guard told Casey he was a Christian, and he was blown away by how God used Casey to lead others to the Lord. We start talking, and I start sharing what God did and the Folsom and everything that took place there. He starts sobbing, man, as he's driving. He's a mess. And uh, and this is a federal agent. I mean, they never, they never do that. You know, it's just, that's not normal. And I remember I told him, because he's causing me to cry, and then uh, and I told him, I said, hey, man, I, I'm not going to tell you another thing about my story because uh, you're going to get us into an accident, and I'll never make it home. <laughs> and we laughed about it, and then when we got there, he took the restraints off of me and, they had to put me back in, and he, he asked me, he says, you know, would love for you to come back and visit us here at the detention center. There's so many Christian agents here. You know, you would encourage all of us to keep on fighting this good fight, man, because uh, we don't see this kind of Christianity ever in this place like that. And he goes, there's something about you, man. Um, I just know it. You know, he couldn't hug me or anything like that, but he shook my hand, and... Um, It was just a moment, man. We are so thankful for Casey Diaz sharing that moment and so many others with us on this two-part GPS. We're also grateful to Sanctus Real for allowing us to use some of their music in this episode. And of course, we are thankful to you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. (laughs) 